0: In January of 2013, I was diagnosed with um, a very, very aggressive form of prostate cancer, which mm-hmm. is very rare. One of my attitudes early on was, okay, Lord, um, it's my turn, you know, kind of thing. I'm As pastor, you deal with people with cancer all the time. Mm-hmm. And one of my prayers was, help me do this well, whatever mm-hmm. it is, help me do this well. Well, I didn't do so well at times, but I struggled a lot because it ended up being a much longer journey. It was a seven-year journey.
1: Welcome, everyone, to podcast number 133, Renew Your Mind. With us today, we have Senior Pastor Paul Gruenberg. We have Associate Pastor and Family and Youth Director, Jeremy Teru, We have Retired Pastor Barry Sweet and myself, Dana Hall, as the moderator. And today, we're going to hear um, another story. And um, today, Barry, sweet, is on the hot seat, (laughs) (laughs) but he offered um, one of the topics we wanted to talk more about was when we become angry with God, and um, Barry has offered to share his story. So, Barry, I'll hand it over to you.
0: Okay. I've been struggling with how to condense this, so let's just get into it. In January of 2013, I was diagnosed with um, a very, very aggressive form of prostate cancer, which mm-hmm. is very rare. Normally, it moves very slowly and takes a long time. My numbers were doubling and tripling like crazy. And um, so they moved pretty quickly. I had surgery in March, and it was a six, ended up being a six-hour surgery, mm-hmm. which is much longer than usual as well.
1: And one... When were you diagnosed again?
0: January of 2013, 10 years ago.
1: Okay. And then you had the surgery. Surgery in March. Right.
0: And every single surgery, everything I went through, there were always complications. Nothing went as planned. And I ended up in the hospital, usually quite a bit longer than planned. Mm -hmm. Um, But got through that. And one of my attitudes early on was, okay, Lord, um, it's my turn, you know, kind of thing. As a pastor, you deal with people with cancer all the time. And one of my prayers was help me do this well, whatever mm. it is, help me do this well. Well, I didn't do so well at times, but I struggled a lot. Cause it ended up being a much longer journey. It was seven year journey. And um, maybe you did it well, maybe you, maybe you can be helping helping me with
1: that. I, I'm just saying that well, maybe you're maybe well is to show how it's not that much fun. Yeah, it definitely was not know. fun.
0: So in June of that year, um, I'd recovered from that initial surgery, and and had a, some issues. Um, one of the issues was is I had zero bladder control,
2: mm.
0: zero, and um, and that's not uncommon with that surgery. Usually, it finds its way back and you have to go through some therapy and all that fun stuff. And I was doing all that. But in June, I developed a stricture in, in the urethra, which means there was no urine flow. And that's emergency surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, that didn't go well either. I um, was in the hospital longer. And a week when I after I got home, I developed sepsis. Oh. Mm. And... I'm just gonna say it, it was hell on wheels. It's life threatening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. And it definitely was. I mean, I was in and out. I shook so much the bed shook. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get the chills and then you get the heat and you're back and forth. And um there were points in there I didn't care if I lived or died. Mm -hmm. It, It was so bad. And that was, I think, where the seed of anger began. Um, I'd already had two surgeries, was going through therapy, struggling with. You know, being a person who's up front in front of people who can't control his bladder, um, and I, you know, my self image was being affected, and just trying to do my job, and, and I worked about seventy hours a week doing multiple things, but I did a lot of speaking. Did you say seventy? Oh yeah, easily I seventy, 70 hours, hours a week, week yeah. plus cancer. Okay. Yeah, and trying yeah. to do all that and navigate all that, and, and I think in sepsis, when sepsis came, it was like, really, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have time for this. Um, I'm not sure I actually thought it, but it became an attitude almost is like, all right, I knew this was not going to be easy, but I didn't think I'd have this to deal with. And, uh, but nobody really knows what the journey is until you walk it. So I was in the hospital about a week to 10 days and, and it just tore me up. Um, and one of the things that came out of sepsis, I tie it to sepsis. Nobody else has. But I developed a a symptom which would plague me for a number of years is that the core of my being would get freezing cold deep inside, Mm. and then I would develop severe back pain behind my heart in the thoracic region, Um, almost debilitating pain, and it would last for about six, seven hours. Mm. It was terrible. And that, over the years that I dealt with that, It occasionally happened when I was preaching or when I was teaching or when I was in front of people. And you have to fight like heck through it to keep doing what you're doing and you're miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a piece that continued. And that was one of the pieces that deepened my anger um, is that nobody could figure it out. I went to pain people and had back shots and injections and, and all kinds of things. Nothing worked. And I think it was tied to the sepsis, to be honest with you, but Mm. it's pure speculation on my part. So anyways, after I had sepsis, um, the following month, I had another emergency surgery. Mm. And we were on vacation, and uh, um, it was gallbladder. Mm. but My surgeon, my original surgeon, tied it and said, sometimes people who have had what you've been through, it affects the gallbladder if you already have stones. And that's normally an outpatient procedure. I was in the hospital six days because there were still some things happening related to the sepsis and other things in the system, and it, it just followed everything up. So again, something that was supposed to be routine wasn't routine in my case. Um, after that, things settled down a little bit, except for the pain and the cold experience. Um, that happened about every six weeks. Mm-hmm. No, no warning. It just would come. And, um, and it just wiped me out every single time. Mm. So I continued to have the bladder issues. Um, and so I went back to my urologist and began to look at options because therapy wasn't doing anything. It wasn't coming back on its own. And so we started a surgical journey. I didn't know it was going to be a surgical journey, but um, they implanted in me, which is called an artificial sphincter. Mm. And ugh, terrible surgery. Um, Where they put it in, what they do, all of that, it's a long recovery. And it basically you push a button so that you can go to the bathroom.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, it worked for two years. They told told me it would last five to ten before it would need to be replaced. Mine lasted two years. And then it just slowly stopped working. So I went back to the urologist and said, well, we need to put another one in. Oh, joy. I thought, (laughs) this is terrible. Um, Put a second one in. It lasted a year and then Gee. just failed in one day. It just stopped. And then they put a third one in and that one lasted a year to the day to the moment. I think the other one was put wow. in. Wow. Yeah. And it failed and they wanted to put a fourth one in. And I said, I don't think so. What are my other options? So I, we began looking at options. There's all kinds of possibilities out there. I went to Cleveland clinic, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. And eventually realized I only had one option, and that was to remove my my bladder entirely. Mm. Mm. And if I thought those three surgeries were tough, removing the bladder was really difficult um, for me. And again, nothing went as planned. I was in the hospital nine days for that, and then when I came home, got sepsis again. Mm. And it was just as bad as the first time. Um, So during this process, you know, it just kept happening and happening. And I was dealing with, you know, how do I do this job? How do I speak in front of people? How do I function? Um, and and I had a lot of responsibility. Um, and I was struggling with that. And then in 2017, Judy started her journey. Judy's my wife, uh, where she fell and basically damaged her back, had to have it fused in the nursing home. She fell and shattered her right leg and was in nursing home much longer we ended up taking a leave of absence from work so we both could heal. Anyways, her journey began and so it just kind of deepened this sense of what are you up to? Mm. Why is this going on? Why am I not getting better? It just goes from one disaster to the next to the next and I'm having a congregation that's if you're trying to figure out how to navigate a pastor who's not well. Mm-hmm. Um how do they be supportive? You know, they, they paid for, I ended up with two leave of absences where they paid a full-time person to come. Cause I had a huge staff. And um, so, and I had more pastoral care with my staff than I had with my congregation as it turned out. So there was a lot of pieces in play. And, and my big question was, okay, you called me to do this, but you're allowing this to happen in my life to keep me from doing it. And mm-hmm. I got, more and more frustrated. Mm. And every single time something new would happen or an artificial sphincter would stop working, my level of anger would deepen. And at the same time, of course, I'm up there preaching and teaching and, to be honest with you, put on a happy face on Sundays, Mm -hmm. um, because you can only share so much of your anger and your frustration with the one you're proclaiming. You know, privately, a few people knew. Mm -hmm. um, And... Uh, so it it kind of deepened over those seven years that all of this was taking place, and actually some resolution happened though, the, the positive side of this story. Um, and again, this is the really fast version of this. But when I was in the hospital here in Gaylord, actually, um, with my sepsis, is that it's almost like a vision, but not not I can't explain it really like that. But it's almost like God was talking to me and saying. Let's look back because when you look back, you can see things you couldn't see yeah. before right mm-hmm. And he basically showed me that I never entered the darkness and that's what I called it, the darkness ever alone. It's mm-hmm. kind of that image of um, footprints in the sand where he carries you part mm-hmm. of the way. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. almost the image that he gave me is that um, you know you didn't walk through this alone. And then he, he pointed to the people he sent my way. Um, that had been there for me because I had focused a little bit on those who I thought were really good, close, wonderful friends that disappeared. Mm. And I'm, I was more focused there than on the ones that were present. Mm. Um, and he changed my focus. And and I think the other piece that came out of that is, is almost the message of, I allowed this to deepen you and to have, and allow you to go deeper as a pastor And you also needed to do some work as a husband Mm. Mm. because you were never home.
1: Mm. Yeah, 70 hours. Yeah,
0: you were never home. Now, part of the time, Judy was an employee of the church. Yeah, She was the director of Christian education, your job. And we did a lot of in my journey or our journey together, working together. But then she retired, Mm. and she basically was home alone. And this whole process allowed me to be home a lot more than I wanted to be, (laughs) but— we had kind of drifted from each other somewhat in there. And I was so darn focused on everybody else but her mm-hmm. that I really think some of it was that. And as we've, you and I have talked a little bit before, is that some of this might have been a pride thing mm-hmm. because, you know, I was pretty wrapped up in what I could do and my abilities and my talents. And God was reminding me that this is his ministry
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I'm a servant. So there were all those pieces were in play, and some of them I fought along the way. And But there was a message sent throughout the thing in which I pushed away, and it was always, trust me. Hmm. That's all I get. And a couple of times I pushed back and said, why? Because look at what's happening. Oh, wow. Why? You know, I mean, it just gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it isn't just me anymore. Now it's Judy yeah. who's falling apart. Um you can do do all you want with me but don't mess with her. Mm. Was kind of, and kind I talked to God that way mm. in my anger. Don't mess with her. Um So you know but there towards the end and in that last bout of sepsis and the other good thing that came out of that last bout of sepsis is I've never since then had that cold and the back pain mm. it disappeared mm. with the second bout of sepsis.
1: I can't believe you um got through two bouts of sepsis. Mm-hmm. Mm. As dangerous as it is. Oh, yeah. It, it, it is. It, it's awful. To the extent that you said. Oh, yeah.
0: It, both of them were just awful.
1: What year did you have the second bout? 2018.
0: Wow. That's when I had my urostomy, the removal of the bladder. Mm-hmm. And, and
2: um, that was here in Gaylord?
0: Actually, no. I had it at U of M. All my work was done at U of M. Yeah, But um, it was one of my... Periods off of work, and we own a home here. And so, um, we decided so that I didn't have to deal with people in and out of the house back in Bryan, Ohio, where I was pastoring, that we'd come up here and do my recovery because I was off two and a half months
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, ended up being almost three because of all the complications. And then things finally settled down for me, they haven't for Judy, but um, for me, they did. And uh, you know i I just think that God was using it to teach me some things. Mm-hmm. Um, so God obviously allowed it. you know, mm-hmm. I have to believe that, yeah right, but mm-hmm. i, I yep. you know, I also think um I was buying into some of Satan's journey as well. sure, mm-hmm. so um there's a lot more to it, but that's the short version for today. I don't know if you guys have questions or thoughts or maybe you had mentioned maybe I did do this well. I don't know if I did or didn't.
1: Well, Mm. like the first thing that comes to my mind is um, stubborn. Like you had a vision for how you wanted to serve. And when you couldn't do it that way, then you got a reminder. That it's it's not my way. Yeah. and um,
0: I can be pretty willful. And strong will. Today, no I think question. you're a
1: very willful person, but I can see how. I mean, I can see how you want to keep all that going.
2: Well, there's willful, and then there's pride.
0: There was definitely pride at work,
2: and so um, with that, where did you see the dividing line between being strong will and moving into prideful?
0: I think I. I see it now. At the time, I didn't see it. Right. Um, I look at it now as as it it had to be done my way. And Mm -hmm. that's part of what you pointed out is Mm -hmm. I was getting upset because I couldn't do it the way I thought it should be done. And um, by me going through what I went through, it allowed people not only to minister to me, but to take some steps into the ministry and do some of the things I was doing Mm -hmm. that, frankly, I wasn't letting them do. True. Yeah. Yeah. And, and God knew I was retiring also, before I did, um, two years down the road. And that had to begin to happen because I was mm. way too involved and too central to a lot of the things. So I wonder if that wasn't part of the mm-hmm. situation. But mm-hmm. I was, I think there was a piece in me that was pretty pleased with what, I'm going to say it, I'd accomplished. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I needed a reminder that I didn't accomplish anything.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, when I think about my experiences in on the mission field, that was all God. And it was easy at those points to point, because I didn't feel the least bit prepared for what I'd been thrown into and how it evolved, but we had huge success. Yeah. And I forgot that, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, when I moved into this last ministry and had great success on lots yeah. of levels. Um and somehow lost the voc- the focus. And I think that's where God was trying to say, um, you, you know, mm-hmm. this is still my my show. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not your show. And, and I needed that reminder.
1: Yeah. what strikes me about your story also, Barry, is um, maybe you can comment on this a little bit too. Uh, how God brings us back to remembering when we're in such hard times, He, he kind of gave you that vision of remember. Mm-hmm. who's been there for you remember what I have done for you remember that I've been there and mm-hmm. how important yeah. is that to start remembering when you find yourself in these dark places
0: oh it's incredibly important because I think it was and it was towards the end of the seven years but I wish I'd remembered and been more you know mm-hmm. responsive earlier would have made the rest of it maybe a little easier mm-hmm. responsive uh, how well I kind of got got it you know, during that last bout of sepsis where I realized, well, it's not about me mm-hmm. and this is God's show and and I wish I'd gotten the pride piece sooner mm-hmm. um, and been more dependent rather than independent. Um, I mean, there's a plus on both sides of that fence, but um, to realize that I'm a servant you know, and and to allow people to serve me in terms of caring for me, I had a hard time with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was the giver. yeah, yep. And I needed to learn how to receive. Yeah. That was also mm-hmm. part of the journey. Um, and there were a lot of people. I mean, because th- this church that I pastored was a normal congregation, but it also had the great banquet ministry, which was massive. And a, m- a massive amount of my time went into that. And so I, you know, there were two to 3,000 people, that I, in addition to my congregation, that I felt responsible for, that were trying to care for me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and um, and and so that dynamic of you need to begin to let go, which I didn't like. Um, I was dealing with death issues frequently through this thing, and um, and not being in control. Uh, you know, I, I'm a planner.
1: You are a and planner. <laughs> I am a planner.
0: I work way out. And with this, it was like every five minutes, the things were changing. It was totally discombobulated me. Mm-hmm. Um, and God just reminded me the five-letter word, which at times I hated, trust. It's uh, But I came to love because God was faithful. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. How, yeah. was, how was God faithful through it? When you look back, where did you see God? carrying you or your hand, uh, being held or however you want. The
0: picture that he showed me, the first one was during sepsis when I, -hmm. you know, it was, I was out of it more than I was in it. And, um, just that he was carrying through that, working through the the medical people, um, to keep me alive and that I still had work to do. Mm -hmm. Um, That was the first, the first, first Mm -hmm. bout of sepsis. Yeah. And, um, and, when I didn't care whether I lived or died, God did,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: yeah. At, at that point. And then the other piece was is the people he brought into my life, to speak into my life, to calm me down when I got angry and to make me think and to process. And some of it made sense. Some of it I just kind of sat there for a while.
1: Actually, that's what struck me is when you said uh, the people that you thought would stay, but they, they walked away yeah. and then— that meant new people had to come in, and
0: and I, I was hurt by a couple people that just completely disappeared. Yeah, um, but that's not unusual. When I talk to other people, that some people just can't handle that. Mm-hmm. And and uh,
1: how did they disappear? I mean, they just
0: never showed up, never called. Um, someone I would go to coffee with on a week or every other Mm -hmm. week basis, then we would talk about a lot of deep things I never heard from again.
2: Mm.
0: Never heard from them again. We never, you know, and, and, um, I tried to reach out at different times and he always had an excuse, but there were other people and people that I least expected, to be honest with you, (coughs) showed up Mm. and, um, affirmed Mm -hmm. me and, and, um, that I was still needed and wanted and, you know hang in there um
1: like who um i I mean i don't want to get too personal but who was least expected like an example there's
0: a um a young man that we'd had kind of a difficult relationship Mm i challenged him on a number of things spiritually and um he had resented it at least i thought he had resented it Mm -hmm. but he was one of the first ones to show up Mm -hmm you know, and say, what can I do? How can I be helpful? Uh And it just, wow, you know, and God's surprised me when I look back, Mm -hmm. surprised me many times, uh, in the journey. I had a wonderful medical team. Um, and, and my surgeon to this day still calls me his, his problem child (laughs) because, (laughs) because of all the issues. And when I go back for, a um, to see him, he goes. Well, what's the issue now? You know, <laughs> and, and we're very close. He and I. You don't. You don't normally get close to your surgeon. Right, but
1: yeah, they're not the touchy feelings. No, <laughs> he's not. and he's not.
0: But you know, especially if seen, you
1: don't cooperate like he wants. Oh man,
2: I didn't
0: cooperate at all.
1: <laughs> they just
2: want to see you one time, and that's yeah. It.
0: And we got to know each other way too well. <laughs> um, so there were just so many pieces that I look back where I just see that. God hung in there even though I was angry, and I think that's one of the messages is he allowed me to be angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one of the th- lessons I've learned in working with other people as well as my own journey is the damage comes is when you stay there. Yeah, yeah. right. And you right. get stuck there. Right. And and then all kinds of yep. problems develop spiritually, physically, emotionally, and um, your relationships, it just tears everything down. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was stuck for a little while, um, but I think God used that to teach me. That's a huge lesson I learned: is don't get stuck. Yeah. Um, you know the scripture says, "Don't let the sun go down on your anger." Where well, there was a whole lot of suns that went down on my anger, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think the message there is, don't get stuck. Yeah.
2: So Deal how does it. how does one get unstuck? Then? Exactly. I yeah. mean, how did? I know that it has to be in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But how does one who is feeling stuck uh, avail themselves to the Holy Spirit to get unstuck from anger, to experience joy again? Because my thought would be begin to worship God, begin to worship God and um, with all your with all your power, with all your might, with all your strength, to just truly worship God. And I, you know for me, that is, that is my way of not getting stuck Mm -hmm. in any darkness because I want to, my life is about worshiping God. It's about drawing others to God, to worship God and uh, to glorify God in all that we do and say. And so that means I have to be, I have to be more of a servant.
0: I think for me, the the turning point was recognizing, um, geez, I'm not even sure how to put it, but that, Hmm. i just lost it
1: was uh, it with people like <clears throat> i mean if you're angry it's hard oh to god. yeah worship but anyway go ahead yeah you remembered. I, I
0: remembered it it's, was an attitude adjustment for mm-hmm. me is that i wasn't looking at the events correctly mm. you know i was perceiving god not being faithful
1: like a perspective oh. change. Or yeah, it was yeah. a perspective
0: change. And when mm-hmm. you know, during that last bout of sepsis, when I almost had that walk with God kind of experience, where he showed me the reality of the situation, that began the healing process mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Opened the doors for me to look at everything I'd been through and that Judy was going through entirely differently, and allowed me to move forward. Mm. Um, do, you,
2: do you think your anger was hindering your healing?
0: Oh yeah. In fact, one of my friends said, "You may be going through this because spiritually you're stuck, or you're you're just not processing and learning what God wants you to learn. So you're going to keep going through it until you do." <laughs> Groundhog's <laughs> Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, there was some level of me processing, you know, that way. Yeah. Um, some of that's true. Some of it's not. I think. Um, but. You know, there's just when I had the ad, the perspective change was my big turning point. And I could see God's hand and see that God really was faithful and that I really could trust him mm-hmm. and that he'd been there all along yeah. when I really wondered, where are you? And it taught me also to ask a different question. Instead of why, because there's no real answer to that on this side of things, to ask a different question. What now? Mm. Because what now moves you? Why get you stuck? Yeah, Mm -hmm. because you're you're still in the event. Why, 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 why? Yeah, and it's natural to ask it. Everybody does. But if you stay there and you don't move to what do I do now? Mm. What now? Mm. Because that moves you forward. That makes sense. And when I could finally start looking at, okay, what do we Mm. do now? Everything broke, and there's been a lot of healing. Yeah. Mm So that's I've used that with people frequently since as well. Yeah, that makes good yeah. sense. Yeah.
1: Can, uh, can you uh, pick out people that are angry? Like-
0: oh, yeah. They're not hard to pick out for the most part. <laughs> well, I know, but... There was one lady in do my... Do you approach... Pre-
1: are you able to approach them?
0: Oh, yeah, because I, I share my own anger. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one lady in my previous congregation who'd been through a terrible divorce, very public divorce, and she was just 25 years down the road hardly able to function, and she had this exterior that was impenetrable um, and always angry. She was a marshmallow inside as I got to know her because she was so hurt, and that that hurt was deep inside, and um, I shared one day my struggle with anger, and I hadn't resolved a lot of it then, and I said, but I don't like the way it looks in me, and I know you don't like the way it looks in you. And so we kind of started walking together, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, and she would talk with me and I would talk with her, and we kind of helped each other. And then when I got my revelation, you know, and the perception change, um, I think it helped her some. She never was able to totally get there, Mm -hmm. and then she died during COVID. Mm -hmm. But um, Mm -hmm. she loved the Lord, but she was ticked at him, Yeah, you know, and we shared that, you know, and that was actually – Healthy for both of us because mm-hmm. we vented it out. Yeah, and you we could needed say it some out of loud. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could say it out loud with somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and that's I understand. Too. It is. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I couldn't just let it hang there. Um, I had my my role as pastor. Sure. Wouldn't let me. I, I had to figure out a way to help. And as I tried to figure out a way to help her, some of those pieces helped me. Mm-hmm. So when when you're serving others, you get outside yourself. You begin to heal as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's another one of those people that was sent that you mm-hmm. didn't expect.
0: Yeah. So. Someone who was probably more angry than I was. Hmm. That's a good insight. I guess I'd never looked at it that hmm. way. There you go. Another right. piece fell into place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, does anybody else have any other questions?
0: Yeah, I will
2: ask after the uh <laughs> after the podcast. <laughs> okay. okay.
1: All right. Well, I think with that we'll wrap up this podcast. And um, Barry, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, to me, it struck me as such a long time period, and mm-hmm. you had to <laughs> summarize it, but mm. um, yeah. Yeah. And that
0: was part of the reason for the anger. It just went on and on and on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So never resolved. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Barry. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um so with that, um, kind of lost my train of thought. Well, so. as, we,
2: as we've as we been doing in the past, mm-hmm. let me pray for, for Barry. Oh, okay. thank you. Thank you. So, Lord, we thank you and praise you uh, for all that you have and are continuing to do in and through Barry and Judy and ask that your hand would be upon them as they continue to seek to be in ministry where they're planted. Uh, Lord, we thank you and praise you uh, that you have uh, helped Barry through, uh, that he has trusted you more uh god that you would continue to use uh both he and judy for your glory in jesus name amen 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 Amen. thank
1: you yeah thank you very much um so if uh anyone would like to uh join us in person we come to you from the first united methodist church we're located at 215 south center street gaylord michigan We, on Sundays, we have a traditional service at 9 a.m. and a contemporary at 1045 a.m. And we'd love to have you join us in person. Um, If you can't come in person, we do stream the services live on Facebook and YouTube. Um, So we would, uh, if you have any other questions, just call the church or Google us. Um, Our number is 989-732-5380. And we really appreciate you joining us and uh, have a great day. Thanks, everyone.